Welcome everyone. This is Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I will be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about leadership and high performance and what a time for this conversation because let me tell you, we are in a pivotal moment. The pivotal moment is a start of something new. Think of the new year. That is going to be what helps people start something. Typically, it could be a trauma. It could be something that happens in your life, like a birth of a family member, birth of a child, a death of a loved one, a loss of a job, a new beginning. When we get that aspect of a new beginning, we get to give ourselves something to aspire to. When it comes to leadership, we can aspire to be leaders, maybe in our own home. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an entrepreneur, but you can be a leader in your home. You can lead your kids. You can lead your community. Yet many people, they just kind of fall away from leadership, shy away from leadership because leadership requires responsibilities. So today we're going to be learning not only how to be high performers, but to learn how to claim responsibility because we do have to take ownership of our life if we want to change our life. I know many people want the easy road. I know they want the results. They don't want the effort. They don't want the pain. But sometimes you have to go through that in order to get what you want. And today I'm going to be bringing on a great coach. He's going to be helping us understand how to be a leader and how to be the best high performer you can. It's going to require a few different things and an understanding of yourself that you might not have known before. So let's get into that interview with Jeremiah Sullivan and myself. Welcome, Jeremiah Sullivan, to Coaching and Session. How are you doing today? Good, bro. Great to be here. Excited to bring some value to your audience, changing lives. Sounds good. Today, I have you on as a leadership and high performance coach. We're going to be talking about your work and how you have an impact in the world. I was just reading a book about leadership. I think it's the five levels of leadership with John Maxwell. Great book. But today, we're going to be talking about your style of leadership. I can tell that you have a unique way of looking at leadership, looking at high performance. In your own words, tell the world who you are, what you do, and how you help them. Absolutely, man. Yeah, excited to be here. Um, Jeremiah Sullivan, former infantry officer, 75th Ranger, and infantry commander. I uh, went from a small town to basically serving in special operations, doing high-value target raids against really dangerous people that were against uh, the U.S. government and the United States. And I transformed, changed my entire life. I basically didn't ever really want to be a leader, but kept getting put into positions and evolved into one. So the military really transformed me from boy to man to leader. What ended up happening, I did four combat deployments. And after my fourth one, I was kind of soul searching in life, trying to figure out what to do next. I decided to sign up for a hundred mile race in the Colorado Rockies. I signed up on a Sunday, ran it the following Saturday. So six days later with like no train up at 11,000 feet. And it was on that race that I decided it was time for me to separate from service and chase my calling of building leaders. Four months later, I dove, I jumped out, I dove in and I was a full-time entrepreneur. I'd already been doing executive coaching and helping people build businesses and scale their businesses. But uh, yeah, four months later, I jumped out. And now what I do is I help business owners triple their revenue with leadership and mindset training. Perfect. You said early on when you were saying you were in the army or in the military, you said that you didn't want to be a leader. Where did that type of mentality come from, that mindset? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I grew up in a small town, you know, of like 300 people. And so I uh, was really shy as a kid. And I think that everybody in life 
has this inside of them where they they feel like they should be making a change and they feel like they should be leading others, but everybody kind of wants everybody else to step up and do it. And I was one of those people, you know, I was the kind of kid in class and school. I was so shy that if like you called on me, I would turn completely flush and red and wouldn't know what to say. So I was like a gray man. And so I didn't want to be a leader. And a lot of that came from just being that from that small town, being shy as a kid and really just avoiding any responsibilities that I could along the way. What ended up happening is I was pretty much forced into leadership positions my entire life. Like at a young age, I have three brothers, my parents, we came from very humble beginnings. My dad used to hunt to put food on the table. We had a loving household, but a little bit of a stressful household. My oldest brother, he has Down syndrome. And so I was basically like the ringleader of my brothers. And so I got leadership responsibilities dumped on me at a young age, you know, how to get my, keep my brothers out of trouble and, and whatnot. And then as I evolved and I, I got into the military, I actually joined the military out of desperation. I, I, my first dream was to become an athlete. That didn't work out. When I enlisted in the military, I found myself in a similar situation where the instructors and all of the, uh, the military cadre over me during training found like would smell me out and then start giving me responsibility. And what ended up happening is I had fear of failure. So whenever they gave me responsibility, I just did my best not to mess it up and jack it up. And what that turned into was me succeeding. And so the more I succeeded, the more leadership responsibilities they gave me. And I was a student leader in basic training, advanced individual training. When I got overseas to Iraq, I was in Iraq at 20 and 21 years old. I was responsible for you know my team's vehicle convoy, driving from one point to the next. And so the leadership responsibilities just kept stacking up and stacking up until I landed my dream job in the 75th Ranger Regiment, which is a special operations unit. And I was in charge of a special operations task force, which consisted of U.S. Special Operation Forces and Afghan Special Operation Forces. So not only is like leading people tough, but leading Afghans in combat when they don't speak your language, there's cultural differences, all that's very, very challenging. So what started off as complete avoidance towards leadership, I evolved and ended up being responsible for some missions that even the president had visibility of. I know many people are not going to have a vivid life or upbringing like yours. They're going to have a very simple life. They're going to probably go to a public school in a bigger city than 300, it's going to be something that they just kind of fall into. Your situation is very unique, but it's very relatable still. Because if we look at, instead of not becoming a leader, we look at conformity. And conformity is not so much of I'm doing what everyone else is doing, I'm just doing what is the easiest option. A nine to five, right? I, you know, be a nine to fiver as you, you're not a nine to fiver, you have your own business, successful. You are growing, you're helping other executives grow too. Many people are in that in that lifestyle, the rat race, let's call it that for now. And they don't want to step up. They would rather just be comfortable, get a paycheck, choose not to lead. And it is an immense amount of work to be an entrepreneur, a CEO, to have a business. Most businesses fail because when people get into it, they're like, oh, everything that glitters is pretty hard to get. They're trying to be these leaders. They're trying to be these entrepreneurs, but they have the mindset of the average typical person in society. How can we elevate people who fall into that circumstance? Well, yeah, well, you nailed it. You know, a lot of people want the extraordinary life, but they live in an ordinary way. You know, an extraordinary life is just like it sounds. You have to do the ordinary things, but you got to do them extra, right? And so you, you hit the, you also hit the nail on the head when you talked about how to transform and how to change and, and become the leader that you know is inside of you. And that's to get out of the comfort. 
right? Now, before we get into that, like people have to really understand is that if you want to, you know, I often tell people like, why is it that you should choose to be a leader? Why do we need more leaders? Why should this person listening to this right now choose to say, you know what, I should step up and start leading others? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, look around. When we look at our economy, we look at the world, we look at the workplace, we are in desperate need of leaders. Not only that, but at homes, a lot of people are just bystanders in their own life. They're just letting life run the hell over them. We need more people stepping up and standing for something and taking lead and making a difference, making the economy, making the world, making the household better. And everybody knows that inside. Like if everybody would just stop and listen to their conscience, they would listen to themselves. They would hear that their conscience wants them to do something about the problems that they see. So it's a calling and it's constantly calling everybody, but everybody's fighting it and they want to stay in that comfort zone. Now, the other reason why people should step up and be a leader is because if we want a high quality life, an extraordinary life, there's really three components to getting it. And I like to look at it like a triangle, like a pyramid, you know, at the very top is the person's personal greatness. At the base of the triangle or the base of the pyramid is your skills and character. So you have the skills and the character at the bottom. On the right side of the pyramid, you have high performance, your ability to handle bad days, your ability to be mentally tough, your ability to be productive, your ability to get stuff done, handle adversity. And then on the left side of the triangle, you have leadership. In order to get to your absolute apex, the absolute apex of this triangle, your personal greatness, you have to master all three of the sides. You have to learn to influence others. You have to learn to overcome the bad days, like I said, and your skills and character. Well, that's really just the job that you're in, the work that you're doing. And it's also what you stand for and stand against. Like integrity is part of your character, right? If you don't have integrity, if you don't have character at the base of your triangle, what'll happen is you might get to the apex of the pyramid. You might get to the top. You might have something happen where you achieve massive success, but guess what? The foundation's going to crumble. We've all seen this before. Now, the best example I can give of somebody achieving their personal greatness in life is a quarterback of an NFL team. I actually just got off the phone with one just now. He was hitting me up for some coaching advice. And the thing is, is like when you think of a quarterback, they're usually the, the highlight player of a football game. Well, why is that? It's because they experience the most amount of pressure. They have the ball for the most amount of time. Not only that, but they're orchestrating the entire thing on the battlefield, right? The game. They have to master high performance. They have to master the ability to perform under pressure when everybody's watching. They have to have the skills to be accurate throwing the ball. They have to have the personal character to maintain their success across time or else they're not going to be the quarterback. And then they have to have the leadership. They have to be able to rally everybody around their intent to win the game. And so we've seen this before where the quarterback will be the highlight player. And if his skills and his character, excuse me, his character is not sound, he gets to the top of the apex. He's the star. He's the highlight player. But then something happens. He makes the news for maybe some type of domestic violence or something like that. Something horrible, how drinking and driving, who knows, right? And then that player, that star falls and crumbles. So for everybody in life, if you want to get to the the apex, which everybody does, everybody's a growth seeking individual. If I ask somebody if they want the next level in life without any work, everybody would say they want it. So everybody truly does want to hit to that apex. So how do they get there? It's mastering high performance on the right side. It's mastering your skills and your character. And then it's also mastering leadership along the way so that you can have the high quality life that you're desiring. Beautifully said. I'm reading a book. I think it's Pat or Patrick uh, Bet Davis. Uh, it's your next five moves. Yeah, and he book. talks about the aspect of finding your purpose. You have different reasons to have your purpose. It could be 
that you just want to prove someone wrong, that you want to have a legacy, that you want to have the accolades, right? So there's different areas that you can want a purpose in. And most people just kind of go with the punches or roll with the punches. So it's just like, well, a doctor makes a lot of money, a lawyer makes a lot of money, and then they finally do it and they're just not happy. Does happiness or fulfillment play a role in leadership or is it all about skills and high performance? Well, I think the first thing is to really clarify what happiness means. Like a lot of people in life confuse pleasure with happiness. You know, happiness is not the acquisition of pleasure. It's not the acquisition of things that give you instant gratification. True happiness is the removal of pain. True happiness in life is mastering self. It's mastering you as an individual. And when you master yourself, you're naturally going to become a leader. And what does self-mastery look like? Self-mastery looks like controlling what you put in your mouth. Self-mastery looks like controlling what you say with your mouth, being disciplined about how you speak. Self-mastery looks like being in control of what you do with your body to include all types of desires. So most people in life like would naturally become leaders if they would simply focus on self-mastery. But it's one of the most difficult things to do. It's one of the most difficult challenges to master self because we all have this animal inside of us. Now, this ties into happiness, okay? When you master self, you remove pain from your life, okay? So there was a time in my life where I was a little bit morally gray. I was a little bit reckless. You know, I was out drinking and partying and I had that type of lifestyle. And a lot of it was caused from escaping from things that were painful for me. Escaping, you know, I had mold, I've got four combat deployments. I've been responsible for putting people in the grave. When you live like that and you live in an environment like that, when you're 20 and 21 in Iraq and you come back from that environment, you're stressed out. And a lot of people in life go through stressors. And so when that happens, you escape from it. And when your morals and your character are not sound, you end up just being a very impulsive individual doing whatever the hell you want. And what ends up happening is you avoid self-mastery. When my life, when I was chasing pleasure in life, my life was the most miserable. It might have looked fun. I might have had a decent looking weekend, but I was empty on the inside and that shit hurt. But when I really started focusing on creating happiness in my life, fixing my vices, removing the drinking, being more disciplined, not four and a half days a week like the nine to five mentality is, being disciplined seven days a week. You know, today I wake up and I've done this for a long time. I wake up early. I wake up when I built my business, I was waking up at two o'clock in the morning. Today I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I wake up at 3 a.m. I work on my body, I work on my mind, I work on my soul. And these are the things that have made me a disciplined individual. And what happens when you do this, you become happy. You remove the pain. And when you replace the pain with discipline, you live this fulfilling life. And what ends up happening is naturally people start coming up to you and asking you what you're doing. And that's how I became a coach. I never really wanted to be a coach. Somebody asked me, one of my mentors, he was trained by Zig Ziglar. I've had a lot of great mentors in my life in the military and special operations, I mean, outside of the military, guys that were trained by Bob Proctor, guys that like my mentor here, he was trained in person with Zig for almost two years, every single week. They had coffee together every single week. And he passed all of Zig's teachings down to me. So mentorship really helped me across the years and he helped, that helped me work on me. And through mentorship and through working on myself, I became happy in the natural progression. When you work on you, is to teach that information to other people. And so my mentor recommended I get into the coaching space and start sharing my knowledge about how I became this disciplined individual, a high-performing individual, a leader that I didn't want to be, a scared leader that turned into a confident leader. That's what the evolution has been. So to answer your question about happiness is that I think if people pursue true happiness, 
right? Not pleasure, that it does play a role in being a leader because everybody will follow a happy leader. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to follow. Like, when you have a high quality life, like people look at my life and they're like, bro, you're getting up. Why are you getting up at three o'clock every single morning and not missing Jeremiah? It's crazy, dude. You journal every single day and you show it. That's crazy. And I'm happy. They naturally want to come to me. They're like, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what this is. How is this happening? Right? So yeah, there's a natural flow between happiness and leadership, but the key is the removal of pain and not the acquisition of pleasure. Hmm. Beautifully said. For anyone who's listening to this, watching this, when you're done with this whole entire episode interview, go back to this part. Even the part before that was great because he's just hitting on so many gems. And when you write this down or you listen to this a couple of times, it's going to get in your memory for that long term. It's not going to be, oh, I listened to this episode. It was really great. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to Jeremiah. But when you listen to it multiple times, you're going to like really get it in your mind. It's a the seven habits of highly successful people or something like that as a book. Yeah. Like, like I read that book two or three times. And then it was just like every single time I read it, it was something else that I got. And so what he was saying is if you, if you listen to that almost like a motivational video, <laughs> I mean, you're going to start to do great things because a lot of people, they think that comfort is actually the goal. Like I want to be able to sit on a beach. I want to be able to wake up late. I want to be able to just sit in my house all day. Like, I mean, you might think that's a great life, but let me tell you, it is going to bring about the fastest depression that you have ever seen before. Oh, it's like, it's complacency. It's com the complacency quicksand is what I call it. When you, when you chase that easy, comfortable life, it's a lot like quicksand. You stand in it, you start sinking, you start sinking. It feels nice and cozy. The next thing you know, you can't get out of it and you're miserable. And the other thing that you said was huge. You guys, really, the reason why you need to rewind and listen to stuff over and over again, it's because it's not because the information is new. It's because you're new to the information. So you're going to evolve every time you listen to something over and over again. You're going to reinforce the subconscious programming into your mind, but then also you evolve as a human. So you have a different perspective when you come back to it. So repetition is the mother of all learning. That's how I transformed over the years. I should be you know, drinking beer at 4.30 in, in outside of my house in Northern California, just talking and bitching about the government. But that didn't happen. I'm a successful entrepreneur. I've been in Forbes magazine. I've been on TEDx. I've coached leaders of a billion dollar company. How did that happen? It's because when I got around good quality information, okay, when I got information that's on this podcast right here, and I found the one that really hit, I went back and I listened and I listened and I listened. Now, one more thing on this is you guys have to also understand there's a lot of academics out there that love to consume information. Okay, now I want to encourage you to consume, but I also want to encourage you to shift from absorbing and storing information to knowing it. There's a big difference between having information and knowing. I can have the information on how to ride a bike. I could have the intelligence. I could read the book, understand how it's supposed to work, and I can conceptualize it inside of my mind. But until I get on that bike, I don't know how to ride it. So knowing is when you fuse with the information. It's when you take this podcast and you listen to it over and over and over again, and then you apply that little nugget to your life, and then you take information, you apply it to application, and it, you become fused with it, and then you know, and then you can live with that for your entire life. So great point, my man. To go even a step beyond that, when you are going on that journey and you're taking this information now and you're applying it, you might fail. Failure does not feel good. And many people are going to say, well, I failed. Let me stop. But when you get a coach, and this is where coaching is, I think, the all-star in like your personal development and when you invest in yourself, F your GED, F your degree. I don't, I don't care if you have a doctorate. 
you might do great things. You might have had that accomplishment. You might have had failures along the way. But when you're trying to invest in yourself, a coach is going to be the best option for you. A mentor, if you want to go that route, someone who has maybe done already what you have done, you're not just looking for building up your skills. But I say that because when you hit a roadblock, your mind is going to get in the way. Think of if you're working out or start, you know, your New Year's resolutions and you're like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do this. Somewhere you're like, you know what? I don't want to wake up today. You know, I just want to stay in bed. My bed is comfortable. It's cold outside. It's raining. Whatever the reason, you have to be bigger than that. And when you have someone to hold you accountable and push you, you're going to see that even though you failed, even though you have a hard day ahead, you have someone looking at you. And it's that accountability because when no one is looking at us, it's almost like going back to character. It's not so much of when everyone is in the room watching you. It's about when no one's in the room watching you. So you have to build that aspect up. And the best way I have found to do that is to get a coach because you learn how to build that character. Even if you're home alone, even if the family's away on vacation, you're stuck in the office working. You don't just say, well, let me kick back a beer, watch some sports and not do anything. Your character should be, okay, now that they're gone, there's no distractions. I should go full force now. There's nothing stopping me. But many people, they say, this is an opportunity to slow down. What do you have to say about people slowing down when they have the momentum to go forward? Well, first, guys, you have to understand failure and success is the same direction. So if you walk away from failure, you're walking away from success. And I'm not a guy that just like understands this stuff. I'm a guy that knows it. I failed my entire life, my entire life. I failed my first dream of becoming an athlete. I failed my way through college, but I, but through the relentless pursuit, I made that shit happen. You guys, what you need to understand, if you can, if you can understand what you're going through and the phases that you're in, it'll be easier to get through that phase. Okay. Remember first that failure and success is the same direction. Number one. Okay. The next thing to remember is that there's four phases to transformation. When you start off on a path, the first zone and phase that you're in is you got to break out of the comfort zone. Okay. You're going to get up off the couch. You're going to make a decision to start going to the gym and start training. And then what's going to happen is you're going to be faced with fear. You're going to hit the terror barrier. Fear is going to come in. You're going to be like, you know what? I actually don't want to go to the gym. Maybe you got, maybe you got anxiety going to the gym, or maybe you, uh, you haven't worked out in a long time. And so you feel embarrassed about going to the gym. But either way, that terror barrier is going to hit you. And in that moment, you're either going to feel scared or sometimes the terror barrier feels like just simple justification. The terror barrier is like, well, fear is a bit of a chameleon. It's like a, um, it's like the, the mistress in a red dress, like trying to like pull you away from staying true to where you should go, right? It's going to entice you. And that could be excuses like, you know what? I need to go. I can't go to the gym today. I was a little bit sick yesterday or... I got to pick up my kids. I don't know what the excuse is, but it can be very disguised. Okay. So you have the comfort zone, you have the terror barrier. And then once you get through the terror barrier and you start doing the work, then what you're going to be in is what's called, I call it the pain cave. I picked this up from endurance racing. I ran 103 miles in the Colorado Rockies. And when endurance racers go out and run, they get into the pain cave. I got into the pain cave. And what happens in the pain cave is that the work becomes hard, it becomes monotonous. It's when you have a hard time going to the gym and you make like, it's not that you're fearing going to the gym. It's just that you're tired. You're exhausted. And the key to get through the pain cave is the consistency. Now show me what you do when you're stressed. Show me what you do when no one's watching. And I'll tell you who you are. 
And I'll tell you what your results are going to be. So when you're in the pain cave, the most important thing that you realize is where you're at in this transformation. You are in the zone where it sucks. And so your biggest focus in that area is to stay consistent. Now, the way you stay consistent is like Reardon is saying, you need to build a system into your life. You can use a coach. If you don't have a coach, there's other ways to do it too. But the bottom line is build a system into your life. I say system because a system is like when you set it, it's a set it and forget it, right? Like if I have a hole in my pocket and I'm walking around the grocery store and I put my keys in there, the keys fall out of the hole and they go to the pant leg and they go down to my shoe. Well, a lot of people just pick the keys back up and they put them back in the pocket and it keeps repeating the cycle. A system would be like taking those keys and putting them in the other pocket. All right, no longer the right pocket. Let me put them in the left. So you need a system in your life. My whole life is based off of systems. In order to cut the drinking, cut the partying, cut the vices, I had to build a system into my life for productivity. I built a daily routine to help me with body, mind, soul, and execution. All right, an execution process to get to my goals. And what I do is I write out five things I'm, I'm avoiding that could help me get to my goals. I do those things and I conquer the day I win. So what you guys need is a system in your life that helps you stay on track like guardrails, almost like you're bowling. Like when I go bowling, sometimes I put the little cheaters up. So I, you know, I, don't, I don't throw any gutter balls, right? You need that in your life. And that can be a coach or whatever. Sometimes it's social media. Post your workouts on social media consecutively. All right, that's a system. So it keeps you consistent, keeps you focused, and it's going to be hard. And then what's going to happen is you're going to keep going. And at some point, you're going to be so exhausted. You're going to have like something like a death in the family. Somebody goes to the hospital. Like the worst day of your life is going to happen when you're working towards this goal and you're going to want to quit. I like to describe this area as the potential barrier. So after you've done the hard work, you're in this zone right now where the, you've continued to be consistent, but life comes crashing down on you. And in this zone, this is the potential barrier because if you keep going and when you keep going, when you push to the other side, you actually get to your true potential. Okay. Now, what it feels like, the potential barrier feels very emotional. It's like when you're in your teens and you kind of throw a fit about everything. You're all hormonal and stuff. You're like, this person's out to get me and you're like a victim and then you're entitled and all those things. And you're like, poor me, right? And you want to cry up and you want to play the music really loud and cry in your bedroom or whatever. We, as adults and as we grow as leaders, we're going to feel like that from time to time. But in that moment, if you can keep pressing forward, there's not going to be a clear sight visible to you. You're not going to be able to see when the end is near. But if and when you keep going, you will break free and you will unlock new levels of potential you never knew you had. The reason I know this is because when I signed up for my race on, in the Colorado Rockies at 103 miles, I did this with no train up. I signed, it was 11,000 feet. Guys, if you've never ran, a, if you've never been at elevation, imagine doing your hardest sprint in your life, okay, and being completely winded. And now imagine feeling winded like that every step that you take, okay? And now I'm doing 100 miles like this, okay? So I go through this race. I sign up. I get nervous. I go. I sign up out of the, for the race. I get out of the comfort zone. I get nervous. I bust through the terror barrier. I get out there. Things start hurting. I get to the first 10 miles. I had no idea what I was even doing. I'm running uphill for the first 10 miles, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. I decided to jump in with these other elite athletes that had ran 100-mile races before, and I'm like learning about racing as I'm doing this event. Okay. I'm like, guys, hey, 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 do you guys like stop on this at all? Or do you sleep at all? Or do you just like keep going? What do you guys eat? And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I got a pair of $50 like Under Armour shoes on and I'm trying to learn as I go and I'm running uphill. 
what ends up happening is I completely blow up. I get so nauseous and sick from the altitude, lack of nutrients, going too fast that at mile 20, I'm like, I think I have to be medically evacuated from the mountain. I get to this checkpoint. My head feels like it's going to explode. I mean, I've like done some intense stuff overseas. I've been in very kinetic firefights. I've been sick. I've had COVID. I've had all of it. And I'm pretty sure I had hate out there, high altitude pulmonary anema. Anyways, bottom line is I was so messed up and jacked up. I hit this um, this checkpoint and I said, dude, I got to take a second. I think they're going to pull me off this mountain. I can't, I can't finish this thing. And so I, like a wounded animal would, I looked over and I looked around and I find this little shaded area and I kind of curl off to the side. I'm like, I'm not going to let anybody see me. I'm just going to rest over here. So I lay down, I'm in the pain cave and I lay down in the shade and I take off my shoes. And I was so obsessed with this race. This rest, race meant everything to me. It, it symbolized long-term success for myself and my family. That's why I signed up for it. And I was also soul searching, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my career. But I said, hey, if I finish this race, man, this is about long-term success to your mission of building leaders. So anyways, I pull off to the side, I'm laying down in the shade. And um, after about 15 minutes, this energy hits me. Maybe it was God, I don't know. But this voice comes over me and it was like, we don't quit. And at this moment, my mind and my body started to combat each other. My body wanted to stay laying down. My mind started getting louder. And my mind told my body that it had to get up. It said, you get up, and start moving, or we're going to drag your corpse through the next 80 fucking miles. Something happened to me. I don't know if it was spiritual or what, but my mind took over. And for the next 20 miles, my mind was pulling my body through the Rockies. I was in the darkest area I've ever been in my life. I was in the potential barrier. And it was one foot in front of the other. I, I lost track of time. I lost track of distance. I couldn't see straight. I was revisiting some of the most horrific, traumatizing things that happened in my life. I was in this dark space and could see nothing other than my feet in front of me. And I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And when I got to mile 40, I was climbing up this hill. I got to the top. And as soon as I got to the top of it, I mean, it was the most pathetic climb of my life. But I got to the top and something happened. All my energy came back. And I thought I was going to die on that mountain. I thought I was going to die at mile 20. When I hit mile 40, I was like, holy cow, I feel good. I feel like I can do this. And this, I was renewed. My spirit had taken over. My body was no longer there. And for the rest of the race, I, I completed the next 60 miles. I mean, it was a fight, but I finished that race with determination, tenacity, and I completed it on time. Now, the potential barrier happened between miles 20 and 40. I didn't think I was going to make it. it. I felt suffocated. But when I broke free, I knew that I had more left in the tank and I finished that race and that's when I found freedom. So everybody else, that you're, when you guys are listening right now, understand whatever you're going through, get out of the comfort zone, bust through the terror barrier, put one foot in front of the other in the pain cave and keep going when you're going through the potential barrier because you have so much more inside of you. It is a step at a time. There's going to be many moments when our mind is saying, stop, give up, you're not going to make it. And then we keep on pushing and we keep on going. We push through the pain, as you said, it's like almost like a David Goggins moment. It's just like, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. And here you are today to talk about it, to say that you succeeded and that helped elevate you. And as we begin to wrap up, I would love to have you tell the audience where they can find you, because I'm sure they are going to resonate with this message that you're sending. Yeah, guys, it, hit me, guys, hit, ladies, gentlemen, leaders, like hit me up on Instagram. That's my platform. I answer every message. It's really me on there. Like, you just say, hey, is this really you? And I'll tell you, hey, man, it's me. I'll send you probably a voice message, a face, video call. I, I take my stuff really, really serious. And I, my goal is to help every single person that comes along. So I want to connect with you guys. Just make sure you spell my name right. Um, a lot of people mess it up. It's J-E-R-A. 
M-I-A-H-S-O-L-V-E-N. Jeremiah Sullivan on Instagram. Tell me which podcast you're coming from. Tell me you came from Reardon and uh, let's kick it off and get to know each other. Perfect. And I'm going to do my best to spell your name right in the description box below. The link is going to be there. Everyone click that link, follow him and start to ask the question, am I a leader? And the answer is yes. You just have to find it. I want to thank you so much, Jeremiah, for coming on, sharing a little bit of your history and how you help the world. All right, everyone. I'd like to thank you so much for watching that interview, listening to that interview with Jeremiah Sullivan and myself. What went on in that interview is we had so many gems, so many golden nuggets. I mean, if you make clips out of those and you just listen to those in the morning, you are going to be well on your way to taking immense and maybe unforeseen actions in your life because it's important that we understand something about ourselves, And that is we seek comfort as humans. And there is nothing wrong with being human. But in order to elevate yourself from your current circumstance, it's almost like you have to transcend the human comfort or the human mindset, the typical human mindset. You might think that, okay, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. We talked about it already on the podcast, a fallacy of time. We can be the leaders that we need to be today. We can stop running away from all of the pain, all of the hardship, because I know it's there. Many people, they want great things. Jeremiah even said it. Everyone wants growth. If you ask a person, do you want a better life? They'll say, yeah. Maybe they want more money. Maybe they want more fame or accolades, whatever it is, but it's going to require them to do the work. And as long as people are unwilling and unable to give themselves the push, we are going to be in the same situation where people are habitually falling short of where they want to be. And the key is, how can we push ourselves past that shortcoming of ourself, of our mindset? Because that is what it comes down to. It comes down to our mindset. Jeremiah said something great at the end. Our systems, right? Develop systems. And I mean, even on my entrepreneurial journey, Everyone says, what systems do you have in place? What systems do you have in place for your business, for your life and everything? And I'm just like, oh, well, I never thought of them that way. But when I started to think of them that way, I was like, this is a system. And so now you're saying, okay, this system didn't work. Let me change it. And then you make a new system. You make a new path, a new effort, whatever you want to call it. This is important for the mind because now you're saying, all right, this didn't work. Let me try something else versus that didn't work. Oh, well, at least I tried. I mean, that's a negative mindset. That's a fixed mindset. We need to look to elevate ourselves. We need to look for systems in our life. We need to look how we can create systems in our life. And it's important that you know how to do it. And I was able to do the systems through reading, through mentorship, through having a coach. And that is where coaching really shines. I talk about it in the episode where many people don't understand the power of coaching until they get a coach. We all have blind spots, myself included. And in order for me to be the best coach for my clients, I make sure I get a coach when my blind spots are starting to show their fangs. It's like maybe I was ignoring something like I'm trying to scale my business, but I'm not doing the right things. And maybe it's because I'm over here not delegating the work Maybe it's because I'm over here trying to perfect something that doesn't need to be perfected. I'm over here doing things that don't need my hand. I should be in my greatness. So you have to figure out what do you need to do? 
and it can be difficult because you can be going down a path that was decent enough, right? You can survive. You have a house, a roof, food in your belly. Now that's great. You could be doing great things, going to the gym multiple days a week, maybe have a loving relationship, but there's always a new level. There's always a way for you to elevate yourself. There's always a way to test yourself and say, all right, what is next? What is more? Because we give ourselves this idea of the end goal. I'll be happy when? When I have a car, when I have a house, when I have a perfect relationship and kids, what's next? We give ourselves goals behind goals. And people who fail to do that have a hard time finding true fulfillment in life, purpose, meaning, happiness, whatever you want to call it. This is where leadership and high performance shine because the journey of life is about the journey. Life is not just, okay, well, I'm going to be born and I'm going to die. Life happens in between that. So before you die, learn how to live because you are given this life But yet, most people don't live truly to what they want to aspire to be, not their destiny, not their capabilities. They just fall into average. So if you want to elevate yourself, I encourage you to reach out to Jeremiah Sullivan. He's going to be a great coach. Check out some of his work, his TEDx talks, some of his Instagram posts. You're going to find that he is right on point with helping you align to a higher self. It doesn't matter if you are a regular nine to fiver or you're a busy executive, you're going to be in great hands with Jeremiah. This is going to be something that's going to elevate your life. So what are you waiting for? My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, email me coachingincession at gmail.com and I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching In Session. Until then, everyone take care.